0: Welcome to Life on Less Meds, a podcast that reveals the truth about drug side effects and the best strategies to manage them. And now, your host, Dr. Yosef witt Hi,
1: I'm Dr. Yosef witt and I'm making this introduction for this video uh, because uh, today, Andrew is talking about PSSD, but towards the end of the interview, we actually have a, quite a long discussion about different experimental treatments for PS, PSSD. Um, all of these things are anecdotes. They're not from clinical trials. You know, it's, it's very try at your own risk, but I think it brings a, a really welcome and new perspective because, you know, when you're suffering from a condition like this, you know, why, why not try things if they're reasonably safe? So uh, if you're interested in uh, hearing about some of the treatments he's tried and the other things out there, I'd, I'd recommend skipping towards the end of the video, and uh, I hope you enjoy the interview. Hi, I'm Dr. Joseph with During. It is my pleasure to welcome Andrew to um, the interview today. He is suffering from PSSD, and um, I think it's really important to get these stories out there. Um, and so, you know, without uh, going into too much more, Andrew, I want you to just go ahead and just tell us what happened to you.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, my experience with PSSD started back in. Late uh, 2019, uh, early 2020, um, which is kind of an uh, especially unfortunate time to uh, develop this condition because that was also around the time the pandemic uh, hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, um, so around that time, um, I was in my second year of grad school. Um, I'm currently in a PhD program. I'm in my fifth year now. So hopefully just uh, another year or two left uh, before I, I graduate. Um, and, and, what, uh, and what do
1: you see- what are you studying? Uh,
0: I'm I'm studying molecular biology.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, I, w- I wish I could say I was like uniquely placed to uh, you know comment on this particular condition because it seems to involve you know neurochemistry, but um, unfortunately I study a completely different area, of molecular biology, so I'm not I don't okay. have any specialties. Um, and uh, yeah, and so you know I was going through uh, kind of a stressful period. Uh, it was my second year of my PhD um i was getting ready for my qualifying exam um i was working on a grant proposal at the time and i was also teaching a class uh, my program requires that i teach uh, two semesters of undergrad uh molecular bio courses and uh you know i had always had some degree of anxiety and depressive symptoms you know for most of my life uh, prior to that point um going way back to like you know middle school and high school uh and, uh, you know, I had a lot of social anxiety, especially, um, that was kind of an issue for me up to that point. And, uh, I think the combination of, you know, teaching, which was something I didn't really feel too comfortable with, you know, getting up in front of a classroom of people and talking and, you know, having to have enough of a command of the subject, um, to be able to teach people that sort of thing. Um, as well as just the stress of the other stuff going out of the time, uh, really exacerbated my anxiety symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it got so bad uh, at one point that I started having uh, insomnia, uh, really bad insomnia um, to the point where I actually had an episode where I didn't sleep for multiple days on end. I think by the end of the per- at the end of the episode, it was like nine days without sleep. Um, my
1: God. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I, d- mm-hmm. I don't, you know, my memory of the time is not super clear. So, I mean, it's possible that, I might've like slept a little bit during that time, you know, had like micro sleeps or something. But um, as far as I can recall, it was like nine days of complete sleeplessness, um,
1: which. If I may ask, you know, when you were kind of going through this, were you, um, were you on, were you on anything else? I mean, were you on other medications? Were you on caffeine? Were you dipping? Were you chewing tobacco? Was, was there anything kind of else going on? No, Um,
0: Mm -hmm. no, I wasn't on any medication at the time. Um, I mean, I, I drank coffee you know, pretty regularly, not like an unusual amount, like one cup per day. Okay. Um, When I was going through the uh, insomnia episode, I was put on a variety of um, uh, sleep aids, you know, over the course of that nine day period, you know, er every day I'd be checking into the health center and being like, you know, yo, I haven't slept, you know, for a day or two. Um, You know, what can you, what can you give me? And so they, you know, they tried a variety of things, uh, uh, melatonin, um,
1: Trazodone, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Trazodone.
0: Uh, later on, uh, at some point, I tried Ambien. That didn't help. Um, anyway, so yeah, so it eventually got so bad that I just, you know, insisted, like, look, this is, you know, this is getting really bad. I don't know what's going to happen to me. Uh, I need to be checked into a hospital. And it took some convincing at the health center, but eventually they took me to a hospital. Um, I actually was checked into a psych ward for a couple nights. And again, you know, I don't I don't recall exactly how things went down. Um I was put on a couple of sedatives while I was there. Um I don't recall what they were, uh, which managed to get me to sleep. And then after I was checked out, I was prescribed uh sertraline or Zoloft uh an SSRI um to help manage my anxiety symptoms. And uh
1: that's kind of when uh the whole sort of PSSD situation started. I mean so just quickly, I just want to ask, you know, usually when people hear, you know, I didn't sleep for several days, you know, the first thing they think of is, you know, bipolar disorder. We were, were you having mood changes as well, or was it just like isolated to sleep and you were still kind of the same, Andrew?
0: Yeah, it was really yeah. just um okay. it was sleep and just sort of rampant anxiety. Um okay. sort of, it, it it was kind of like the snowball effect where I started getting nervous about the fact that I wasn't sleeping and wondering what was going to happen. You know, was I going to be able to sleep the next night? Um, and my anxiety just kept ramping up and making the situation worse, but I didn't have any sort of, um, mood or personality changes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't uh, even after like a week of no sleep. Um, I felt pretty normal aside from being extremely exhausted kind of panicky and anxious and yeah just feeling really tired.
1: <laughs> sure okay yeah so yeah um, so it sounds like you left not on any sedatives but they uh, you know that they, they thought the cause of all of this was anxiety and so they put you in Zoloft.
0: Yeah yeah that's yeah. right and um, yeah and so I, I should stress that you know Prior to all of this happening, I never had any sort of sexual dysfunction symptoms to speak of. Um, none of the sort of emotional yeah. blunting or, or what or other symptoms that are associated with PSSD. Um, but as soon as I started Zoloft, um, I started experiencing, you know, sort of the host of usual unpleasant side effects, um, where I noticed it was hard for me to get an erection. Um, I felt sort of like emotionally blunted. Um, it was kind of hard for me to think, hard for me to remember things. Uh, my sort of mood and like overall energy level kind of like shifted around a bit, you know, the first couple of weeks on the medication as I was adjusting, but, um, the sexual dysfunction was kind of a through line during that entire period. Um, and, uh, I stayed on, I stayed on Zola for about six months, if I remember correctly, after, uh, after the insomnia episode. And after I got, uh, after I got started on it,
1: let me and- ask you this. What you know, that six month period of time was it, was it therapeutic? Yeah, I mean, was it helpful? Did it, did it bring the anxiety down? Did you know, I, I know you said you were having some cognitive, you know, you're feeling off kind of cognitively, but for that period, was it, yeah, was it a helpful drug for you?
0: Yeah, it actually did its job pretty well for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, it really managed my anxiety. Um, Although I think that was kind of a side effect, or that was kind of a product of the overall sort of emotional blunting, just the fact that I didn't. That's what respond. they do. Yeah, yeah. 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 They yeah. didn't respond to anything as strongly as I did before. Um, I do recall again. I think this was when I was first adjusting to the medication that there was a period of like a week or so, and I wish I could remember like what the dosage was or you know all all that, but I, I, I unfortunately don't. Um, when I experienced this, uh, when I felt really sort of euphoric. And like really happy, un- like unusually happy for a period of several days. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting and kind of pleasant at the time, I suppose. Um, but uh, you know, despite that, despite the fact that yeah, I was managing my anxiety pretty well. Um, yeah the the sexual dysfunction was you know a bummer at the time. You know, I, I wasn't I wasn't dating at the time. I wasn't seeing anyone. But you know, I was like okay that this could be an issue if I stay on this medication. Um, And, uh, you know, I I could tell that it was, yeah, messing me up cognitively a little bit. It was hard to remember things, harder to pay attention in class, that sort of thing. Um, And uh, so, yeah, like I said, after about six months, I decided to get off the medication and I tapered off. I, I, again, don't recall exactly how long the taper was. Um, I seem to remember that it was in, fairly small increments of the drug. Um, you know, I was cutting the tablets into like quarters. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, so for a period of several weeks, I tapered off and, um, the various sort of unpleasant side effects that I experienced on Zoloft, uh, never went away. Um, the sexual dysfunction, cognitive dysfunction, um, emotional blunting all have persisted with me in some form, I would say up until now
1: um a couple questions so the first thing is why did you decide to come off
0: uh i mean the main reason was the sexual dysfunction to be honest i mean I, okay. I it was distressing enough that you know i was like you know this is you know i don't know how i'm going to be able to date or have a relationship um you know if i'm um, off for perpetuity
1: um and, and i guess could you give us a sense of like like how bad was it when you were on the medication you know because i've heard you know, there's a wide range of things, you know, some people aren't, you know, you know, it's like every single ounce of focus is needed to, you know, get an erection, you know, they would see someone attractive and, you know, that, you know, they wouldn't become aroused anymore. I've heard, you know, of people who, you know, they may be, you know, by themselves watching pornographic material, and they're not even able to, you know, they're barely able to kind of bring themselves, selves to an erection, you know, it's just, it it's so muted. It's like five percent of like kind of where it was before. Was what did you, was it severe for you when you were on the medication, or was it just kind of like I don't know, sixty percent of what it used to be? But that was enough for you to say like, hey, like something is really wrong about this.
0: It was pretty severe. Um, sorry, the siren going by.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, every uh, everything you just described pretty much applied uh, to my situation. Um, you <laughs> know, when I tried to masturbate, uh, it was hard to get an erection, uh, hard, to, hard to keep one. Um, it did require con- pretty much constant focus. Mm-hmm. Um, the overall, you know, the sensitivity of my genitals was reduced. Um, it took a lot more sort of work to have an orgasm. Um, you know, it, I didn't uh, have as much responsiveness to like erotic material, pornography mm-hmm. uh, while I was trying to masturbate. Um, yeah. And that was all, that was all very evident like from pretty much day one of starting Zoloft and to, to a ele- lot, the, the symptoms have changed a bit, like in the times since stopping and I can get into that later if you want, but um, yeah, that's, I'd say that's more no. or less. Than- no.
1: Yeah. Well, let, let's go to that. Another thing that I've heard from many people is that when they came off the medication, things actually worsened for them. Did things worsen for you or were they just like the same um, when you discontinued?
0: Um. I, I wouldn't say they got any worse. Uh, I'd say things persisted, more or less unchanged for a while after stopping the medication. And in the time since, it's been like three and a half years now. Um, I would say the character of my symptoms has changed a little bit. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it got dramatically worse after stopping.
1: Okay. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. What, um, what What's changed over the last three 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 and a half years?
0: Yeah. So, so one thing I should start I should start with before I, I go into that is so after stopping Zoloft, um, I did try uh, a number of other psychiatric medications um, to you know manage my anxiety. My, my anxiety kind of came back a bit when I stopped Zoloft. Sure. And uh, I was having some trouble with uh, insomnia again when I got off the Zoloft. Um. And so for that reason, I was uh, prescribed Trazodone for about a year after stopping. Um, which didn't make any difference that I could detect my sexual symptoms.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, I, my mood and sort of uh, other other issues sort of changed a, a, a little bit. My anxiety symptoms and whatnot. Um, but the, the through line of like, you know, the you know difficulty having an orgasm, difficulty getting an erection, all that, that persisted. Um, and then after a year on Trazodone, I tapered off that and I tried uh, Wilbutrin. Um, because I had been told, uh, and I had read online that, uh, well, butrin has been effective in, um, people who are having sexual dysfunction, either on a try or after stopping. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so I decided to give that a try. Um, that improved my mood quite a bit. Um, it made me more sociable, more outgoing. Um, I, w- I would say, I would say a bit happier overall. Um, but again, Uh, the dysfunction symptoms, the sexual dysfunction symptoms, uh, stuck around, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would say, so throughout that entire period, um, in terms of like, you know, how hard it was to get an erection, you know, that changed a bit from time to time. Um, sometimes over the course of a week, you know, I would notice that on certain days it was easier to get an erection than it was the day before. Mm -hmm. Um, Uh, I, I noticed like, you know, there were periods of times where, you know, the, the sensitivity in my genitals was greater than it had been like, say in the past week, um, or orgasms felt better or more intense Mm -hmm. than they were before. Um, all that has sort of fluctuated over the last couple of years. And there's no clear correlation that I could detect
1: between like what medication I was on. And, um, uh, are you are you on other medications currently, or have you been off all medications? And if so, for how long? Yeah. Yeah,
0: uh, I've been off any psychiatric medications for oh boy. Um, I would say fall of last year. I think is when I finally tapered off. Uh, Wellbutrin. Okay. Um, yeah. In the time since, uh, yeah, I've mostly just been taking a variety of, you know, sort of over the counter things. Um, to try and potentially address uh, my PSSD symptoms, which I, I can get to that again later. Maybe I'll save that for
1: later on down the, down the line. Yeah. Okay. And, um, uh, did, uh, are you otherwise healthy? Like no, you know, blood, you know, heart problems or, um, or, or anything else going on? Yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, for the most part, I would say I have a pretty clean bill of health. Um, I'm mm-hmm. mildly overweight and I have been for a long time. Um, But, you know, I'm not not morbidly obese. Mm -hmm. Um, I have high cholesterol. Um, That's been a pretty consistent uh, result in my blood work for the last few years. Um, I've had my testosterone levels checked uh, multiple times over the last couple of years. Uh, They've always come up within the normal range. Although there's, I guess there's kind of a broad range of what's considered normal uh, for an adult male. Um, My levels are, if I remember correctly, like around 417 nanograms per deciliter so, like, lower middle average, I guess. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and I've had, like, no other abnormal test results when I've had my blood drawn uh,
1: of any kind. And um, when, when did you realize that, that you had PSSD? What was that process like for you, dis- discovering kind of what had happened? Yeah,
0: I think uh, it was about maybe, maybe a year or so after stopping uh, Zoloft that, you know, I kind of internalized like, okay, this seems to be kind of a long-term entrenched problem. Um, Because up until that point, you know, I thought to myself, it's like, oh, you know, I I stopped medication in the last year. Sometimes withdrawal can take a while. Um, You know, it it, it can take, you know, six months to a year for things to normalize. but so I, I kind of like held out hope that it's like, Oh, things will just get better on their own. Um, but after about a year, I kind of sort of just, it sort of sank in. It's like, okay, I think I probably have PSSD, um, which I, I had been aware of PSSD. I had been aware of PSSD, like prior to that realization. Like I, I actually was told about it, um, or it had been mentioned to me as a possible consequence of taking the drug. Um, when it was first prescribed to me, but I was told it was very rare.
1: Okay, so you're so you're um, the person who prescribed it to you in the hospital warned you about it.
0: Yeah, I forget if I brought it up or if they brought it up unprompted, but um, they did mention that there was a very small chance of persistent sexual dysfunction or other side effects uh, after stopping. Um, but yeah, they said it a... was rare. You know.
1: Sure. Sure. I mean, that's really unique though, because I mean, most of the people I talk to, you know, that is not something that that's even mentioned um, wh- when they started. Okay. Um, and okay. So why don't you go ahead? And so, you know, one of the most prominent symptoms of PSSD are, I guess, wh- what, you know, folks like David Healy consider the hallmark symptom it's, it's, it's genital anesthesia, you know, it's, it's the loss of, I guess, erogenous sensation uh, in that region. Has that been a consistent symptom for you this whole time, you know, feeling like, you know, your privates, you know, they don't, doesn't feel like your privates kind of feels like your arm or your elbow or something that doesn't have that same, you know, sensory pleasure.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I wouldn't say it's as bad as I've heard in some cases where like like you said um you know the tip of my penis feels like the back of my hand mm-hmm. um it's not quite that bad um but it there's definitely a pretty reduced level of sensitivity versus how it used to be it, it's honestly been kind of subtle mm-hmm. um to, uh, it, it it wasn't obvious to me uh for a while which seems kind of surprising but you know um yeah i, I think i i only i only really realized recently you know when i thought back it's like okay how did things feel like you know four years ago before all this started um and i think about how it feels now it's like yeah there's it's definitely it's definitely not as sensitive uh, as it used to be
1: and do you feel like you've you know now three and a half years later you still have the emotional blunting um that you had when you were on zoloft
0: yeah i i wouldn't say it's as bad um, as yeah. when I was on the drug, but uh, there's definitely a degree of emotional blunting that I still experience, um, and it, it, it's kind of it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird when I talk about it because it, it feels almost paradoxical. It's like you know, I'll say that I don't experience strong emotions or that you know I don't enjoy things the way I used to, and um, even as I, even as I'm talking right now, I mean, like you can see that I, you know, I, I can still emote. Um, yeah. I'm clearly not like completely dead inside, mm-hmm. um, but I do definitely, I do definitely feel that you know, when I'm doing something that used to excite me, um, or something that you know I used to get a lot of pleasure out of, uh, it doesn't quite hit me in the same way it used to. Um, you know, uh, I go skiing uh, fairly often during the season. Um, I'm in Northern California, so we're not too far from Tahoe. And you know, when I'm, when I'm going down the slopes, uh, I just notice that. You know, my heart doesn't really quite race the way that it used to uh-huh. um, when, I, when I do it. Uh, I don't really get quite as much adrenaline uh, when, I, when I go skiing. Um, you know, when I'm doing something like watching a movie, uh, I find that, uh, you know, I'm not quite as emotionally impacted by stuff that's happening on screen as, uh, you know, I, I might have been in the past. Um, even if it's like a movie that you know I used to really enjoy,
1: um,
0: mm-hmm. or it really resonated with me, uh, something that I've noticed in the last year th- this has been a fairly recent development, actually—and it's it's fairly troubling—is that um, I I don't get I don't really get as much out of music as I used to, um, mm-hmm. and I don't I can't pinpoint exactly when this happened. I'm not sure if it's when I stopped Wabutrin. Um, or if it happened while I was still on the drug, but at some point in the last year, um, I just it's it's like it's like a switch got flipped. It's just like, you know, I'll I'll listen to music that I used to really enjoy and that emotionally, you know, resonated with me and made me like feel various things, and it's just become noise. Um, Mm -hmm. and that is particularly kind of distressing. Uh, I mean, almost as almost as much as like the sexual problems that I'm still having. Um, it's like, you know, that was one of the, I was like, oh yeah, well at least I could enjoy things like that. But um, yeah, something seems to have happened in, like I said, the last year uh, okay. where my responsiveness to music has uh, decreased.
1: Um, I have heard that a lot before. Um, and it's the next thing I'd, I'd be interested in asking you about is um, what sure. is it do you feel like you still have, uh, anxiety at the level that, that you used to have before, or has it kind of knocked that out of you? Um, <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's one of the few, I, I don't want to say it's one of the upsides of this condition for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I would say I don't really have much anxiety or really mo- most of the time, like any anxiety, um, whether it's, uh, related to my work, um, mm-hmm or, uh, you know, about my life circumstances in general, um, or around people, you know, I, like I said, I used to have a lot of social anxiety and I, I feel uncomfortable talking to people. Um, that's mostly gone away. Um, yeah. I, you know, I I, I, <laughs> I, I, have to admit, I felt, I felt a little bit nervous, you know, when I was getting ready for th- this interview and, uh, you know, oh, I, I think yeah. I felt a little bit of the stage fright jitters. Um, But aside from things like that, uh, yeah, most of, like, the constant sort of, like, ruminating and just uh, sort of anxious thoughts I used to have, um, those have pretty much gone away. And I also wouldn't say I feel particularly depressed either. Um, And I I think both of those are just kind of an outgrowth of the fact that I just don't feel emotions in general as strongly as I used to. Things just don't impact me the way they used to. Um, and so I don't get hit as hard
1: by things that used to distress me. And, you know, how does something like that play out in your interpersonal relationships and things like that? You know, oftentimes, I don't know, you know, emotion, noticing things, getting upset, you know, these are all things that play out in relationships. Have you, have you noticed that this has affected, um, you know, close relationships at all?
0: Yeah, uh, i I don't think it's I I don't think it's outwardly obvious to a lot of people that I feel Mm -hmm. different. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think you know, you know, when 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 I'm hanging with a bunch of my friends, you know, I'm I'm not usually talking about you know heavily emotionally charged stuff with them uh, unless it's Mm you know special circumstances. So I feel like. Yeah, under, under most circumstances, probably not super obvious that I'm feeling some degree of emotional blunting. Um, there, there are times when, like, you know, I'll be hanging out with my friends and, like, they'll be, you know, really animated or excited about something that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, maybe we just we just got back from a movie and we're talking about the movie we saw. And I feel like I can't really get on their level you know, emotionally um, where I I feel like whatever just happened isn't impacting me and I can't quite, um, you know, share in their enthusiasm. Um, And that,
1: uh, again, I I don't know
0: how often that's apparent to to them or to other people in general, but it bothers
1: me uh, quite a bit. Yeah, Um, I mean, it probably isn't. I mean, one of the things about PSSD is you really can't tell if someone has it, you know, and I've spoken to some people who tell me that, you know, I'm dead inside. And then, you know, when you're talking to them, you know, they may seem a little flat, but it, you could just say, oh, you know, maybe they're just like a little tired today. You don't, you know, it doesn't, the, the way they feel inside doesn't really translate into to how they come across. And also because people with PSSD, you know, cognitively, they, they come across as completely together, you know, oftentimes very articulate and fully aware of everything going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I think... I, I think I think it's quite subtle. A lot of the a lot of the effects are um, or, or a lot of the symptoms. And I think it's probably one of those things where because you're so in tuned with how, you know, your own internal emotional states and how you feel on a day to day basis that, you know, when there's a disruption to that or when there's a change to that, um, you notice it pretty strongly. But, you know, yeah, to other mm-hmm. people, I think it's, it's probably a lot more
1: subtle. Um. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, some of the other chaps that I've been talking to lately. I mean, they talk about, um, I guess, their romantic life, you know, and how it's kind of put put it on hold, or you know, sometimes not even, you know, I, I guess having, you know, understandable self esteem problems about it, you know, wondering, you know, um, you know how you know how's how's this going to translate into a, to a romance if I can't offer this um this part of it to the other person i was wondering if you could talk just a little bit about i mean how you've been dealing with the the effect of pssd with your romantic life
0: yeah um so i mean in some ways (laughs) you know in in some ways pssd hasn't actually made that much of a difference in my romantic life because i didn't really have too much of a dating life before um Mm -hmm. i got hit with this um you know throughout my like teens and early 20s, you know, I, like I said, had a lot of anxiety problems. Um, You know, I wasn't, I wasn't very confident. I had some self-esteem issues and, you know, that kind of inhibited me from really having much of a dating life. Um, I did, I did like date briefly in undergrad um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I had my first sexual relationship. Um, And so I do have kind of a benchmark for how things were back then. Um. But uh, yeah, so, but aside, aside from that, yeah, I was mostly celibate in my teens and early 20s. Um, and uh, yeah, since developing PSSD, I'm, I've mostly, you know, not really pursued romantic mm-hmm. relationships in any, in any form. Um, there was an exception uh, last year where I was feeling a little bit better. I, actually, when I started Wellbutrin, I was feeling better yeah. sort of emotionally, the more upbeat and outgoing. Um, again, you know, there wasn't any improvement in my sexual symptoms, but nonetheless, um, and, uh, during that period, I did try dating a little bit, um, just, you know, meeting people on dating apps, um, sure. and going on a couple of dates. And, uh, you know, I, I, did, I did have a couple of sexual encounters during that time and, you know, it was just, you know, th- things were just not working. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, during those experiences and you know i i I didn't like feel embarrassed about it or particularly self-conscious about it i I was pretty transparent with both the people i was with Mm -hmm. um during that period um but these were these are separate occasions i should i should point out not i wasn't dating two people at the same time okay (laughs) yeah Uh, Yeah. and uh but you know it, it was it was just so much of a hassle and so much of a problem like you know, just trying to function sexually that I was like, okay, I, I need to get a handle on this problem before I can seriously think about
1: dating again. Sure. So that's like a good segue. Cause, cause I know you've tried a number of things to, to treat your symptoms. So I was wondering if you could kind of share some of the different things that, that you've tried. Um, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so, um, yeah, so like I said, for the first like year or so, I kind of just waited and just thought I'd just wait and see, you know, if things would get better. But when it became apparent that things weren't getting better, I tried, I, I decided to start experimenting with various either prescription medications or over-the-counter supplements um, to see if uh, anything made a difference. And a lot of this was informed by um, just my going online and going through um, the PSSD subreddit, uh, the subreddit dedicated to PSSD. As, uh, I, I, think, I think you actually posted on there recently, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Yep. Um, there's a PSSD forum, um, there's uh, a number of other sort of support groups and networks that have sprung up over the last, uh, decade or so. And, uh, you know, I would just go down the list of posts and see is like, okay, what have people tried? What's helped them? And, um, you know, I started with, uh, things that seemed fairly, if not safe, like fairly, you know, reasonable to try, like Bulbutrin, um which like I said, is commonly prescribed to help people who are having sexual dysfunction when they're on uh, Um But uh, I also tried, uh, you know, various over-the-counter supplements, uh, some of which are explicitly meant to help with sexual function. Like, uh, let's see, what have I tried? Um, maca, uh, I think tribulus, uh, most of these are just like herbal supplements. Um, <laughs> uh, horny goat weed, uh, I, think, I think is one of them um, that I've mm-hmm. tried. Uh, none of those made any, made any appreciable difference. Um, I should point out that I've also, you know, taken Viagra. Um, you know, I saw a urologist at one point who prescribed Viagra and that helped that, that has helped on some occasions with the erectile dysfunction, but not with any of the other, uh, symptoms. Um, and so I kind of continued in this vein for a while where I would just try something for, you know, a few days to a week, see how it made me feel um, usually it was ineffective. And so I would just move on to the next thing. And then, uh, last year, let's see, I think it was around this time. Yeah. Around this time last year. Um, I came across a post on the PSSD subreddit. Uh, and you know, this, this was kind of one of those like cure of the month posts where like, you know, somebody says yeah. like, Oh, Hey, this thing and it really helped me and I, I think it's really it, it's definitely going to help all of you guys. Um, it's usually usually these posts like have some sort of like somewhat informed scientific rationale behind them where they say oh like this thing actually mm-hmm. is receptive so on and so forth. Anyway, um, so there was this post that came out uh, that came up about a year ago where this guy mentioned that or described that he had been prescribed an antibiotic uh, mm-hmm. of all things uh, for a, an intestinal, uh, bacterial problem that he had. Uh, I think it's a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth is the, uh, is the name or SIBO. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, he said, yeah, you know, I, I was diagnosed with this, uh, intestinal issue. Um, I was put on this antibiotic, uh, rifaximin specifically. Um, I think he tried a couple of other things like he was trying probiotics uh, at the time. Um, and he said that uh, his symptoms cleared up uh, in a matter of weeks. And, you know, th- this was sketchy in a number of ways. Um, you know, for one thing, I think he only, this particular person only had been experiencing PSSD symptoms for like six months after stopping the SSRI, which is, you know, not really that not long. Not that long, yeah. No. A-, a, lot, a lot of people seem to recover within that window uh, spontaneously. Um, but... Uh, you know, I thought to myself, you know, what do I have to lose? You know, let's go ahead and give this a try. So I went out and I uh, had a test done for SIBO. Um, it's a breath test uh, where they just measure uh, the level of like methane and hydrogen gas on your breath uh, because produced by microbes in your gut. Um, I tested positive, which they were a little surprised by. Um, and uh, I was prescribed rifaximin, the um, same antibiotic this one person was on. And... You know, i I can't rule out the placebo effect mm-hmm. um, necessarily, but uh, over the course of a month, I felt substantially better uh, across the board. Wow! Uh, yeah, I, I was I was as shocked as yeah, I, I was shocked. Um, you know, my so erectile- tell,
1: so how so how long did you take the drug for, and uh, the, the antibiotic?
0: About about a month.
1: So you take it um, for a month and you, are you yeah. doing, taking, uh, um, anything else at the time? Any other probiotics?
0: Uh, no, no probiotics at the time. I uh, just, just the antibiotic. And, okay. um, you know, during, during that period, I was actually on Wellbutrin, but I had been on it for some time at that point. And like I said, up until that point, I hadn't experienced any improvement, uh, in my symptoms. Um, but Yeah. Unmistakably, like over the course of a month, um, I started getting harder erections. Um, I felt, uh, more energetic, more motivated, uh, more clear headed than I had been in a while. Uh, I think my memory improved. Um, you know, I felt more interested in dating than I had in a while. Um, or just, you know, sort of, sort of abstractly. And, uh, that sort of continued sort of steadily improving um, over the course of the month while I was on the antibiotic, but, you know, unfortunately I couldn't stay on it indefinitely. Um, there are risks if you take antibiotics for too long, as I'm sure you're aware, um, you can have uh, bacteria develop drug resistance. True. And so I stopped after a month um, and, you know, the doctor I was seeing uh, wouldn't, didn't recommend that I continued and all the benefits I saw went away um, over the course <laughs> of about a week after
1: stopping. And um, since that time, have you done a, a, a retest at all? Or has that been something that?
0: Uh, I think if I remember correctly, a month or so later, I I found another doctor who was willing to let me try that same antibiotic for about a week. And I, I don't really recall if that made any difference.
1: Okay. Have you heard of anyone else trying this apart from you? and this first guy
0: yeah i mean if you go on the if you go on the subreddit um you'll find a number of people who tested uh for this uh condition SIBO um and came up with a positive result uh multiple people have said that they tried rifaximins um uh, after getting SIBO and that their symptoms improved to some degree some people say their symptoms didn't improve um other people have tried different antibiotics and said they got either positive or no results um, while taking it. Uh, yeah, you know, that, that, that's one of the maddening things about this about this problem is that, you know, people, some people seem to be helped by just seemingly random things. And, you know, then other people try it and it either doesn't help or it does help a bit, or in some cases people get worse,
1: apparently. Yeah. And um, the other thing I wanted to ask you was when you did that breath test, you know, and, and prior to getting on the antibiotic, were you having any GI problems? Were you having any bloating or constipation or, you know, diarrhea or just like kind of, were you feeling off like in your gut at all? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so, and, and this was something I hadn't even really thought about up until that point, but the entire time that I, was on Zoloft going forward to getting off and just, you know, the, the following few years, um, I, had, I've had been experiencing pretty much constant like GI problems. Um, you know, I was just always either having, you know, loose stools or diarrhea or I was constipated intermittently. Um, I, I don't think I had what would be considered like a normal healthy bowel movement for years. Um, hmm. and, uh, you know and, and that was something i just never really thought about you know really i mean it was unpleasant but it wasn't um so distressing or it, was, it wasn't painful so i didn't like get it checked out um i just thought you know oh you know i'm in grad school i'm i'm stressed out i'm having some sort of weird medical issues uh this is probably just a part of that
1: and did this precede getting on the zoloft or was this something that happened after getting on the zoloft and coming off it the the gi stuff
0: Uh, It was pretty, it got pretty distinctly worse and more persistent after getting on Zoloft. Um, I would say before that, you know, I would intermittently have GI issues, but it was pretty much a constant fact of life, like after Zoloft.
1: And um, have you tried any dietary modifications, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free, any of that kind of, um, uh, any of that stuff before?
0: Uh, I did try a... I think it's called a low FODMAP diet. Um, F O D M A P. I forget exactly what it stands for. Um, well, I was uh, in the second half of the trial with the rifaximin. Um, and, uh, that's a diet that's recommended for people who are trying to get rid of SIBO. Um, it sort of like starves the bacteria, I guess, involved. Um, it's, it's basically like a low sugar, low carb, low gluten diet. Um, And, you know, again, again, it's hard, it's hard for me to say really, and my recollection is a little foggy, but I think that that might've improved my symptoms a bit when I, when I took that additional measure. Um, but it's really hard to say. Um, and I've tried that approach like since stopping the antibiotic and haven't really had any success.
1: Okay. Um, And okay. So now you're just back on to like a kind of a more normal diet, no restrictions or anything like that. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, from being in the community, what do you see out there about people who change their diets? Um, I mean, is that also kind of like hit and miss, you know, some people say it helps. Some people does nothing. Other people, they go worse. I mean, what, what could you share about that?
0: Yeah, it's definitely hit and miss. Um, as with just about every treatment strategy that people have proposed and tried, um, uh, online uh, there are some people who say that you know they started eating clean or they went they went vegetarian um, or followed a low FODMAP diet or some other um, restrictive diet and they say that they got better. Um, other people say you know they tried those approaches and it didn't work um, there are a number of people online uh, on the subreddit and on the forum um, who say that they've tried, non-antibiotic approaches, uh, to address, you know, a potential bacterial problem in their gut. Um, things like, uh, uh, peppermint oil, um, garlic oil, you know, very, various, uh, plant-based oil supplements, which are supposed to have antimicrobial properties. Um, some people say that those help, uh, there have been reports Mm -hmm. that trying a regimen of those things have helped, uh, with their PSSE symptoms. Some people say that they're cured, um, after trying those things. Uh, I've tried those particular oil supplements, um, you know, independently of the antibiotics and they didn't seem to make any difference to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, so, and, and, I think that's experience has also been reported by other people on these various online forums. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's like everything else is, it's very hit or miss.
1: Okay. And, um, any other treatments out there that, you know, when, at least when you're in the communities, they, they seem to be, you know, have a larger group of people saying that they're helpful. I you know, I mean, with, yeah, which, which things stand out, out to you?
0: Yeah. Um, well, the main thing, so the main strategy that has apparently helped probably the largest number of people online has been some sort of hormonal based approach, um, which I was very, you know, I I had known about this for a while since looking into PSSD and potential therapeutic strategies. Um, I was very hesitant to try anything that messed with my hormones for you know fairly obvious reasons. I, there's a lot of horror stories out there about you know pe- people's uh, hormone production getting shut off after, for example, testosterone injections that sort of thing, becoming infertile uh, for life. Um, And, you know, so I was very unwilling to risk anything in that sort of sphere. But um, nonetheless, uh, yeah, there are a few dozen reports, I think, uh, that I've come across where people say that they've tried um, some manner of hormonal based approach, either, you know, actually just injecting testosterone, uh, exogenous testosterone, or um, some other approach like taking uh, the drug clomiphene, clomid. Um, which is normally prescribed for uh, helping fertility in women, but uh, can also raise testosterone and in some cases estrogen in men. Um, and uh, I you know, I, th- I think actually fairly recently there was a post. It was, I, I, again, another one of these sort of like cure of the month posts, which was a little sketchy and like had a lot of sort of hyperbolic claims and things like that, where um, someone claimed that they were cured by uh, going, uh, doing a testosterone cycle and then also supplementing with estrogen. Um, this was, this was a male individual, if, uh, if I understood correctly, who said that, um, the estrogen supplementation in particular helped their symptoms. And, you know, they, they made this whole sort of elaborate theory based on this experience, um, mm. which I won't really, I, I, I can't really comment on anyway. So, um, that, you know, after all this other stuff you know i i tried and had like you know moderate success um i i should i should i should point out actually before i before i want i launch into the next the next topic uh there was one other supplement i tried which helped um uh in the last couple of months and that that's this uh herbal supplement called forscolin um it's uh from a plant called coleus forscoli i think is the scientific name um and uh You know, the the supplement is recorded as having a number of therapeutic properties. Uh, It um, can affect dopamine signaling in the brain, according to some sources. Um, There's some peer-reviewed literature on this. Uh, And uh, it apparently boosts testosterone um, is one of the recorded effects. Um, And so I I, I tried that about a month ago, and that actually probably helped me more, I would say, than anything else I've tried at this point.
1: More Um, so than the antibiotics? More so
0: than the antibiotics. Um, Well, in in, in certain regards. Um, I would say as far as my sexual dysfunction symptoms, those improved to a a more dramatic degree than I had seen up until that point. Um, You know, it was a lot easier to get an erection. Uh, My erections were harder than they had been for years uh, up until that point. Um, I felt like my libido had come back to a degree. Uh, my orgasms were stronger than they had been. Um, and uh yeah, I mean, it was honestly pretty wild. I mean, I I I made a post on the uh, subreddit <laughs> about a week into the trial. I was like, "Hey guys, you you, you should all." <laughs> I I guess I became one of those those people. I, I, I cure of the month, the yeah, cure of the month, month guy, guy. Yeah. yeah. I became one of those people, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Uh, I was like, Hey guys, you really should try this. It's, uh, yeah. it's doing wonders. Um, uh, I, I, think it also improved my mood quite a bit. Cause I think I was a lot more excitable and kind of euphoric at the time. Or maybe not euphoric, but just excited. Um, anyway, uh, so things were great for about a week, but then it sort of petered out after that. Um, you know, I, I just take been taking a steady, uh, you know, the same dose every day, um, for about a week. And, uh, you know, I just kept going after that and the benefits that I noticed just slowly faded um, over a period of several days.
1: But did anyway, you, that- I was going to say, did you, did you, did you up the dose? So do you think you were getting, becoming dependent on the effect or maybe, I don't know, maybe your liver was like metabolizing the drug out faster or something like that?
0: Um, I didn't increase the dose. I actually forget what the dosage was. I think it was like two and a half grams um i'm i'm honestly, I'm honestly not sure the top of my head mm-hmm. um it was it was double what the recommended dose was on the bottle that i had purchased um and uh you know i thought that maybe yeah you know i was just yeah i i thought that maybe i was like taking too much and or that my body had built up a tolerance to it and so i decided to like take a break from it for about a week uh and then give it another shot at like the regular dose um and I had another week-long trial at the sort of recommended dose, and uh, there were moderate improvements, but not as dramatic as before.
1: Um, That's really interesting. And and did you hear about this from someone else on the forum? You know, hey you guys, try for skull, and how how did you stumble across that?
0: I honestly don't even remember. It was just I, I was just going down the list of things that people had tried, um, going down the list of posts on read it in the forum and I think I just saw for somewhere and I was like, Oh, Hey, that's, that's an herbal supplement. I haven't tried yet. Let's, let's give that one a shot. And Mm -hmm. uh, I wasn't really expecting anything, but um, yeah, like I said, the results were fairly dramatic. Um, But this, you know, despite the fact that it didn't end up helping in the long run um, it got me thinking that maybe my problem was hormonal because like I said, one of the uh, apparent effects of for if you go into the, peer-reviewed literature that exists on this particular subject is that, uh, it raises your, it raises testosterone through some mechanism. Um, and so I thought, oh, well, maybe my problem is something to do with my hormones. And so, um, that led me to seek out uh, a different uh, urologist than the one I had been seeing previously. Um, I, uh, you know, went through my symptoms. Um, they were Quite a bit more receptive than the previous one. I had talked to, um, they said they'd kind of heard about this problem before. Um, and, uh, they agreed to let me try, uh, clomiphene, which is uh, that medication that I mentioned earlier, which, mm-hmm. um, acts to raise a uh, testosterone and also, also estrogen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and so I've actually been on a trial of that for about three weeks now. And, oh, uh, tell me about it. <laughs> So far, nothing really to report. Honestly, I I would say I I honestly haven't really noticed many effects. Um, I think I'm a lot more tired in the mornings uh, than I was before starting, but nothing in the realm of my PSSD has changed. (laughs)
1: Um, okay. Do people who have PSSD, um, you know, have, have they managed to get physicians to prescribe them just straight tea?
0: Uh, I think there are a number of people online who say they found doctors who have, yeah, allowed them to take that approach. And, uh, you know, the guy that I'm seeing uh, mentioned that if this doesn't work, the Clomid approach, that that was an option that I could look into. Um, There are other urologists, you know, that I've talked to um, who were unwilling to try that approach because they look at my levels. They say, oh, your levels are normal. Um, You know, we don't uh, recommend... You know, exogenous testosterone unless your levels are, you know, below average um, or outside the normal range. Um, I think there are also, uh, you know, I, I can't confirm this, but it's my impression that there are a number of people online who have, you know, just gotten testosterone. It. Yeah. 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 <laughs> through, some, through, some, through some other means and uh, just mm-hmm. are basically shooting up at home, which, you know, uh, I, I can't recommend as a good idea, obviously. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, which I, I wasn't willing to try myself. Um, so, uh, if I'm going to do anything that risky, I want to do it with a doctor's supervision.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and, and so the plan with the clomafin, are you, uh, is it a one dose kind of thing or will you kind of go up on the dose, you know, fairly soon if you don't notice any, any change just to see kind of how you, how you do at the higher level?
0: Uh, I'm not really sure what the plan is at this point. Um, I'm taking, uh, let's see, 25 milligrams per day um, and have been for about three weeks. Uh, The plan is to uh, drop my blood at the end of the month, uh, the month-long trial, um, and see if my testosterone levels have changed. Um, If not, uh, I'm not sure if the plan is to increase the dose of Clomid or move on to testosterone therapy. Um, There might be other options that I'm not aware of
1: but yeah. Sure. Okay. Well, please, uh, please keep me in the loop, you know, at, at the very least, send, send me a follow-up email and let me know how you do, um, at the end of the clomid. And then also if you uh, end up getting, uh, you know, pharmaceutical testosterone and, and, and letting me know if that works as well. I think, I, I think these anecdotes are really important, you know, for, for everyone out there. Yeah.
0: I mean, unfortunately it's all we really have at the moment. Um, You know, there's not really much peer-reviewed literature on the subject. Uh, There's a couple of sort of retrospective studies where people have looked at um, reports submitted to urologist offices, for example, and just, you know, looked at how many people report symptoms consistent with PSSD um, in conjunction with former SSRI use. Um, There are a couple studies out there where people have tried uh, potential uh, treatment strategies, uh, for PSSD, but they're, they have very small sample sizes. I think usually like an end of one, just a single mm-hmm. patient. Uh, so those aren't really too informative or useful. Um, so, you know, uh, so unfortunately all we really have at the moment are anecdotes. Um, and you know, like I said, uh, they're, they're sort of all over the place. Um, people have tried a lot of different things. Uh, some of them kind of innocuous, like, uh, you know, herbal supplements, some of them a little bit more, uh, risky like hormonal therapy. Um, sometimes, sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. Um, sometimes it makes things worse either for, you know, a temporary period or apparently indefinitely according to the testimonies you can find. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so we're all just kind of fumbling around and comparing notes and, uh, you know, what we really need, um, is, uh, focused research, (laughs) you know, mm-hmm. to try to try and uh, address this problem. And, and I think I'm hoping that, you know, doing no small part to people like yourself that, you know, as people become more aware of this problem um, and get a better handle on, you know, what the symptoms are, maybe how, how common it is. I don't think it's even really uh, established how, how common an issue PSSD is. Uh, there are no real solid numbers on that front. Um, I think uh we'll get more people in the research sort of sphere interested in potentially addressing this uh this problem
1: i really feel like it'll end up being solved by people in the community because you think about it okay yeah so you have a clinical trial what compound are they going to put forward to study you know and i and i bet you that compound will come from anecdotes you know someone's just saying you know this has worked for enough people we should kind of give it a go i mean Cause I guess the other thing is, I mean, I don't even know. You know, you, you pull fifty people with PSSD into a laboratory and, you know, biopsies are taken and then a neuropathologist looks at the um the findings and hopefully there's something in there where they say, Oh, you know, let's let's look at this thing. I mean, I almost wonder if it's it it just as likely that it will just be found out just by coincidence and chance by people experimenting then some kind of neuropathological finding you know pointing towards a cure it's uh yeah
0: yeah I mean you know e- either way um yeah yeah you know, you know, either, either way as, as long as we find something um, and yeah. hopefully in the future um, but uh yeah I, I think ultimately I, I think it'll probably be a combination of things um because you know the, the one thing about the various sort of anecdotal um results that people have mentioned is that there are some through lines uh there are you know there are some sort of somewhat occasionally some kind of tenuous connections between what's worked for some number of people um the common sort of factors seem to be something to do with hormones um something to do with dopamine signaling um something to do with serotonin signaling obviously these are kind of broad vague categories i'm not an expert, but 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 i mean like you, you know, it, it, it's the list of possibilities as to what's going on isn't endless. I mean, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of restricted to a, a fairly small list of suspects, I think. Well, maybe, maybe that's a little, that maybe that's overstepping a bit. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, 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 I have to think that, you know, you know, uh, you know, for, for example, oh, I'm sorry, I, I had a thought and then I lost it a moment ago. Um, well, one thing I want to point out is like, for example, the things that in my own personal experience, which have helped, um, so, you know, I, 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 my story with rifaximin. Um, so in, in, addition to the sort of obvious, uh, antimicrobial properties of the antibiotic, uh, apparently, um, uh, it also is uh, known to act on sort of the hormonal axis, um, hmm. Uh, I think, I think I shared a paper over email um, when we first corresponded uh, where um, it was found that it stimulates uh, the re- uh, the release of um, this uh, one thyroid hormone. Um, and so, you, you know, which on the one hand kind of confuses things a little bit because, you know, it just, it just goes to show that these various treatments that people have tried that help in some cases, um, they can have a variety of different mechanisms or a variety of different sort of effects um some of which are not obvious
1: uh, that is really interesting yeah you yeah, hear i am thinking the antibiotic is helping because of you know it's you know killing the gut you know bacteria and maybe there's less gi irritation which is kind of you know maybe lessening the confusing signalings uh, signals that are going up to the brain and that's helping but like you said, there could be a direct hormonal effect, you know, uh, that that's a completely, you know, different pathway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I I mean, and, you know, there are sort of similar kind of like multivalent interactions um, that apply with, you know, a lot of things people have tried. And so, so, so uh, yeah, on, on the one hand, you know, it can be hard to tease out, you know, what's really going on when people, you know, get better when they try, you know, some of these random things. But on the other hand, like I said, there are, there are some commonalities and through lines, you know, hormones, dopamine, serotonin, you know, so I, I, I think, I think hopefully any successful treatment approach will be, you know, sort of a mixture of, you know, trying things or, you know, testing things that people have reported success with, uh, hopefully replicating that success in some number of patients but maybe also kind of like narrowing down the list of potential suspects as far as what the mechanism is um, based on what the through lines are between the various treatments that have worked for some people.
1: But next, next question for you, Andrew. And, and then we got to wrap pretty soon. Um, how's this experienced? Um, I don't know. I mean, it changed, cha- changed, your life or, or, or your trajectory. I know you're doing molecular biology, but is there a chance you'll end up in, um, uh, you know, molecular neuroscience or, or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's something I've thought about a bit, you know? Um, so like I mentioned earlier, I think uh, my current area of research, you know, has nothing to do with any of this. Um, it's a mm-hmm. completely different area of molecular biology, but honestly, this whole experience has been kind of fascinating in a way. Uh, it's obviously, obviously it's extremely unfortunate and I wish it never happened to me <laughs> and, yeah. you know, but you know, it, it is, it is kind of fascinating to think about. It's like, what, wow, what, what could be going on here? Um, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, I, I, don't have any real, uh, strong hypotheses or, you know, even educated guesses, really. I'm, I'm very hesitant to really make any, 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 any statements to that effect, but, um, but it, it is, it is something that, uh, I spend a fair amount of time thinking about. Um, I've been reading up on a lot of, you know, potential reading a lot of papers on things that seem like they could be implicated. Um, and, you know, I have thought to myself, it's like, you know, I sometimes feel almost more motivated to like try and figure this, this out than I do uh, my own, my own thesis work.
1: Good, um, Yeah.
0: I, I mean, cause you know, it, it's, it's more, it, it applies my own, my personal, my own life. Um, in a more intimate degree, and
1: yeah, uh, maybe maybe to your friends as well. I know a lot of people become quite close knit with the community as well. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And so I don't know. So um, I haven't really figured out what I want to do exactly um, post grad school. But uh, if I could do research in this area, um, if if there are opportunities uh, available that would allow me to kind of hopefully tease out exactly what's going on on the molecular level um, with this condition, uh, yeah, I'd be very interested in that.
1: Cool. Well Andrew, anything else that you want to add before we wrap?
0: No I think uh, I think we've pretty much covered everything uh, everything I have to say um, I just uh, just want to say thanks again for you know doing what you do what you're doing um, I think uh, the main obstacle towards you know for like trying to make progress on, the, on this uh, on this topic is uh, just that a lot of people, you know, aren't really aware of PSSD, they're, or they're, if they are, they're not aware of like how it affects people, what the symptoms are, um, how it affects people's lives. And I think that, you know, increasing out um, awareness in the way that you're doing um, will hopefully be instrumental in uh, getting more of the right people interested in, you know, the research sphere in particular, and uh, hopefully making some more, some progress towards a cure.
1: Yeah. No, no worries. I I mean, I love talking to you guys. I mean, I feel like I learned so much uh, from it and it's, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, you know, my motivation with all of this is, is is to try and just in general raise awareness about the, you know, the consequences of some of these medications which are often overlooked so people can make more informed choices. Um, well, you know, on that note, Andrew, I just want to say thanks again and, and please stay in touch over email. Okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, um, if I have any success with uh, my current treatment strategies, I'll be sure to let you know.
1: Yeah, please do. Okay. All right. Take care. All right. Thanks, you too. Thank you
0: for listening to today's episode. If you want to see the full video interview, we also post these to YouTube. Just go to during Psychiatry on YouTube to find those. You'll also find several YouTube exclusive videos from Doctors Yosef and Marissa posted several times a week. Finally, if you need help with your drug taper, getting a second opinion, or managing your post-acute withdrawal, come visit us at witduringpsychiatry.com. Our sole focus is on helping patients regain control of their lives and achieve optimal mental health on as little medications as possible.